This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3068 for Wednesday the 6th of May 2020. Today's show is entitled Keeping Track of Downloads in Elm. It is hosted by Tuku Toro To and is about 13 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Tutor 2 shows how to keep track of what data is being downloaded in Elm. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org forward slash donate. And 
and there might be buttons also on the UI that you have to disable or enable based on those boolean values. And this is error prone because you have to remember to do that check before rendering things. You have to check that have we loaded this data or are we currently load, loading it. Or even we might have a third field for error case. That says just it's error is boolean. So if that's a true, we would have to display some sort of error thingy. And what about if we have all three as set true for some reason? Then we would have that we are low. We have loaded the data. We are loading the data, and there's an error in the data. So how do we render such things? So we we enable inconsistent inconsistent or erroneous state for the program. And this is bad. I don't like it. A solution for this, we, we have algebraic data types, some types. These are the types that say that this type can have value of this or this or this. So let's use them. And good thing is even that we don't have to roll our own solution because there's this library called remote data that solves this for us. So just we are going to import that library and going to use what it provides. So import is import remote data exposing remote data web data. And then we have to change the model to keep track of the these things. Uh, the web data is just alias for remote data HTTP error A. So it basically basically says that this data is coming over the HTTP. So there might be an HTTP error instead of the data. But so you could use the remote data for other things than HTTP traffic. But here we are using it for communicating with our server over the HTTP. So we can use web data. So we change our model. We throw away all those booleans, and then we change the definition of available chassis to be web data list chassis. This means that now available chassis is a data coming over the HTTP that will contain list of chassis. Okay, what has what has changed? We don't have those booleans anymore, which is nice. The information, have we loaded the data? Are we loading it currently? Has there been an error? And what the data is? And what the error is? All that is now encapsulated inside of the available chassis. So there's a four constructors in the web data. There's a not asked, that is simple. Data isn't available, it hasn't been requested from the server. So, for example, when, when we are rendering things on the screen, we can just, depending on the application, but we can just omit this data. There's no data and it has not been asked. There's the second case is loading, meaning data isn't available, but it has been requested from the server. 
In this case, we will display loading indicator, for example, just text loading or some spinning thingy or what you have. Then there's a success. This chassis. This means that the data has been arrived from the server and it has arrived correctly. So here's the list of chassis that came from the server. And now we can just render this list of chassis on the screen. Or it can be fourth case failure HTTP error, meaning that yes, we tried to load it from the server, but something happened. Maybe the network was down or maybe the server had melted down or maybe there was an error on the server. So there's a HTTP error that has the things like it has the message that was given by the server. It has the HTTP status code that you can use to quickly check what's going on. So in this case, we would display, for example, something went wrong. Or if we are fancy, we could look into the error code and say that uh, if it's a 404, we could say that the resource was not found. Or if it's a 500, we could say that there was a problem at the server. Please contact your administrator. And the neat thing about this is that the uh, Elm compiler, when you are writing these uh, case, cases, it will notify you if you miss a case. It will say that, hey, you forgot to handle the failure case. I'm not going to compile this program before you do that. Or you say that you haven't handled the not asked case. What should I display in that case? All that is now taken care of the compiler. And you also remember by yourself that, hey, this data is coming from the server. And you... Okay. There's a couple couple things we have to still remember. For example, when we are when the user comes to the page, we have to initialize the model correctly. For example, the available chassis could be uh, not asked, or if we know that it's going to start loading immediately, it could be loading. And when we receive a response from the server, be it success or failure, we have to update the model to have the have the correct info again. But at least we have a compiler to help us along the way. And remote data library has more functions. I'm not going to go through all of them, but it has things that help you. For example, if you have a case that you are doing two requests to the server and then on the client side combining them, the results with a function to produce some calculation or something. Remote data has a mat function and mat2 and mat3, I think, still. So you can, you don't have to have a case, case matches, pattern matches all the time. You can just use, use those higher order functions. Because if you are, if you are using a remote data.mat to run your, your function over the data, it will produce, if you had a, if you have that data available, it will be produced success, the result of the, your function, but if it, if you haven't asked the data or it's still loading, it will produce not asked or loading. And same with the, actually I don't remember how it behaves in the error case. I think it will produce the failure error in that case. 
I, I probably would have to double check for that. But the idea is that you can, you don't have to all the time keep track of the do I have this data or not, because you can just map over it and the result of that function map over it and in the end you just look like okay what's the what's the end result did i have all the data that i that i needed or was something missing or still loading and i have been switching over this this way of doing things there's a, still a couple places in my code that needs to be changed but i have to say that i'm pretty pretty happy how this thing works there's a Depending on what you are doing, there's one thing that might trip you, and that is if you have a data that you loaded from the server and then you modify it on the client side and then you send it back to be saved, then what are you going to have as a client side state? Is it going to be loading because you are making a request on the server and waiting the reply? But if it's a loading, then you don't have the data anymore to display. Because loading doesn't have a parameter for the data. Then you have a, uh, then you don't have any data on the client side to show. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you would like to have the data visible on the client side while it's being saved on the server side. So myself, I solved that problem by making a, another type called save data that is, a, that has two constructors, rdata, that is a, a remote data, or saving a. Because then I can, in normal cases, I can has, just have that remote data behavior, and when I'm saving, I, I switch over that save, save data, saving behavior, and then I can display the data on the client side while it's being saved on the server. server. Uh, that's all I had to talk about this today. Uh, the best way to reach me is either by email or on Mastodon, where I'm tuturto at mastodon.social, or you can, of course, record your own episode on the Hacker Public Radio. Ad Astra. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.